1: So happy to be with you this week. Mm. I know many people in the audience are listening by podcast, which I totally support. Oh my goodness, it's so wonderful to have these radio programs to listen to while we're doing dishes and in the car and whatnot. And now you can even get an application to listen on your smartphone, if you've got an iPhone or whatever qualifies as a smartphone you can listen right there from your phone when you're in the car and all kinds of things and of course you can download from iTunes and then have it on your phone as well so I love technology which allows us to transcend time and space yay (laughs) it's so good. So let's tune within here. I'm going to invite you to place your hand on your heart as I am doing and to take a deep breath of gratitude. <sighs> so grateful that now is the appointed time. Now is the time that we're investing in our spiritual practice, our spiritual awakening, deepening ourselves in an understanding of our true identity. We consciously Invoke divine grace into our awareness into every aspect of our being we partner up with the higher holy spirit self and we remember our divine self yes that perfect blueprint of our true identity which is the kingdom within and we have an all access past to that deep knowing which is in our heart. We're accessing it right now, breathing deeply and consciously disconnecting from the worries of the past, the stress of the past or thoughts about the future and giving ourselves this precious moment with the Holy Spirit right now to connect in and connect up, tune in and tune up to the highest level of inspiration that we can receive. We're accepting it right now, allowing it right now. It's moving through us collectively. And in gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. And you know, I'll just mention at the top of the show, I have a daily prayer, the prayer for today, and you can access that at jenniferhadley.com. You could also receive an email from me every day. You can sign up for the podcast of the daily prayers at iTunes as well. All this is free support to support you in your spiritual journey. We're one with each other, so it's great to be able to share and offer support Of Course Miracles make such a point of extending love that this is how we can be a healing presence in the world is through extending love we do that through our awareness and through so many ways we can connect in and connect to the love that we are acknowledge and recognize the love that our brothers and sisters are so that's why I like to offer lots of free stuff and We can connect in wherever we are, online, on the phone, all these different ways. It's good. So as promised, this week I am going to share about Lesson 135, which is in the workbook. And it is the longest lesson in the workbook. Uh, I actually feel like it's kind of surprising that it's only one lesson, because it kind of feels like two to me. But, you know, who am I to quibble with the organization <laughs> of the workbook? At any rate, lesson 135, if I defend myself, I am attacked. Now, to me, it, this this lesson has two major points in it, and that first one if I defend myself, I'm attacked, is so crucial to remember because many times we can feel that we're being attacked. We can feel threatened, and we can feel threatened even if we're not being attacked because we feel vulnerable, because we're insecure. We feel threatened. And then what very often the ego will convince us to do is to defend ourselves and to start justifying and defending. And when we're in that place and we catch ourselves speaking those words of defending ourselves and justifying, then what we're doing is we're affirming that we have been attacked and what we're doing too is we're anchoring into this world into the ego thought system the doggy dog thought system so this has been really helpful to me because believe it or not last year when i offered the free living a course of miracles teleclasses i i got quite a number of attack emails people reaching out and making unkind comments and Uh, accusations and all kinds of things. And what I learned to do was to, when it felt appropriate, to invite a dialogue, a conversation. And it really taught me what this means. If I defend myself, I am attacked. Uh, One of my favorite parts in this section The end of paragraph two, for no one walks in the world in armature, but must have terror striking at his heart. So if we walk around in our world in a defensive posture, we're ready for attack. We're prepared for attack. It means that we've got a lot of fear going on, and we can address it. We can address it so that we can heal and transform. Love is the healer. Love is the healer. What are we healing? The thoughts of separation. The habits of fear. So this is a call remembering to watch for when we get defensive. Then we're affirming that we've been attacked. So... What do we need to defend, right? We only move to defend ourselves usually when we don't feel secure. When we're secure in love, we know there's nothing to defend. When we're secure in love, we know there's nothing to defend. Nothing. Powerful, isn't it? Now, one of the things that has helped me so often is the Buddhist teaching about attachments. All attachments create suffering. What are attachments? They are our thoughts of craving and our thoughts of aversion. So, a craving is, I want it, I need it, i got to have it. The endless craving of the ego aversions are the things that we hate, that we don't like, that we can't stand, that really bug us and tweak us and push our buttons. Those are the aversions. So whenever we notice a craving or an aversion, we can know that we have a strong attachment. All attachments create suffering. All attachments are the ego. So for me, This is so helpful because when I recognize that feeling of discomfort, it's an aversion, it's a craving, that is the reminder right there to unhook myself from that attachment, whatever it is. Now, in Lesson 135, starting in Paragraph 11, it says, A healed mind does not plan. A healed mind does not plan. Now, I remember the first time I read that, and I thought, What? What does that mean? A healed mind does not plan. Well, how do we not plan? Oh, my goodness. I have a calendar for the whole year with events in it all throughout the year. I've got classes booked and speaking engagements booked and all kinds of things. How can I not plan? Well, it goes on to say, The healed mind is secure in certainty that obstacles cannot impede its progress to accomplishment of any goal that serves the greater plan established for the good of everyone. So what I realized in studying this is not that I can't have plans. It's that I don't have an attachment to my plans that there is indeed a greater plan established for everyone, for the good of everyone. And that greater plan for the good of everyone is always going to supersede my plan, which is more related to me. Now, (laughs) I do do all kinds of things that bring benefit to other people, consciously intending that they bring benefit to other people. But yet and still, there is a greater plan established for the good of everyone. And that is the plan that all my plans can fit into. So I can walk in the world making plans but having no attachment to them. And this is really important because... It affects so many areas of our life. So many people go through life feeling that they're unsuccessful, that they're a loser, that there's something wrong with them because they're not accomplishing all kinds of things in the world, because they're not meeting the goals that they had. And very often the goals that they had were unrealistic, or the goals that they had, they never did anything towards, and yet they're still feeling badly that they didn't accomplish these goals, you know, like making a million dollars by the time you're 30 or 40 or 50 or something like that. People feel badly that they haven't, completed their plans, accomplished their plans, made their goals. And there are so many ways that we can make ourselves feel poorly and judge ourselves and attack ourselves in relationship to the plans that we've made or not made. To me, it's so powerful to be able to live in this way of non-attachment. Now, some spiritual seekers will take this teaching on non-attachment and turn it into a, an idea that they should, shouldn't should care about anything. Now, we can care deeply about things and still not be attached. It means we're able to be fluid. We're able to be in the moment and see how things shift and change. So, just to give a very simple example, let's say that uh, I had a plan to uh, teach a class, and um, for some reason, the at the last minute, the room wasn't available. I could be upset, or I could say, "Okay, something else is trying to emerge." Or something for me to learn here and maybe this is not the time for this class to be taught. Maybe it needs to be moved to another time because it will serve a greater good at that time. Maybe I'm supposed to be somewhere else at this time or someone else in the class is supposed to be somewhere else at this time and there's a greater good that can be served by that. I don't know. So, we can be inconvenienced all the time by the ways our plans are interrupted or shifted. And if we are in non attachment, then we won't be upset. We can go with the flow. Now, and there's a difference between not being attached and being ambivalent, not caring at all. And what I see some spiritual seekers doing, it's like they're dead to their feelings. They're they're not they're so up in their mind with this rigorous mind training, this rigorous thought system that they're not actually present to their heart and they're not able to intuit and feel what's going on with their heart. So Course of Miracles is a teaching about love. It's about recognizing that we are love. Teach only love, for that is what you are. We're made in the spiritual image and likeness of love. We are love, demonstrating. And we are having this human experience in order to heal the negative karma that's been accumulated and to awaken to our divinity, to release, to me, healing the karma and undoing the ego thought system, exactly the same thing, exactly the same thing. What is karma but ego? Exactly the same thing. So we're awakening to our divinity. If we are the givers and receivers of love, the teachers of love, the students of love. And we're up in our heads processing our life mentally. We're missing it because you can't think love. You have to be the love. You have to feel the love. It is a vibration. It is a way of being, to be in tune with the infinite, is to be an expression of love, and you know it. And so often, so often, Course of Miracles students are up in their mind trying to think it through and think it through, and they've disconnected from their heart. And there's a suffering that's created in that. So this living without attachment to the plans that we've made opens the possibility to get in tune with our heart. I love this page. It's my page 254 in lesson 135, paragraph 12. A healed mind is relieved of the belief that it must plan, although it cannot know the outcome which is best the means by which it is achieved, nor how to recognize the problem that the plan is made to solve. So a healed mind, a peaceful mind, a loving mind, is relieved of the belief that it must plan. So the idea that we must plan is an egoic belief, right? It's an attachment. We can plan, but there is a greater plan that's always at work. And that's what we're discussing here. I'm going to invite you to tune back in after our break here. This is Jennifer Hadley, and you're listening to A Course in Miracles, Walking the Talk, Living the Love, on Unity Online Radio. I'll be right back.
0: Thank you for tuning in for Living A Course in Miracles, Walking the Talk. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley.
1: Okie dokie. So, planning. We're talking about planning. And, you know, it's interesting because one of the things that happens with many Course in Miracles people, particularly folks who come new to the Course, they start to think, well, if it's all an illusion... What difference does it make what I do? Um, What difference does it matter what I choose? It's all an illusion. It's not real anyway. And my answer to that is, because it's an illusion, it is an experiment. I think of it as a divine experiment in what would you do if you had free will? So, This is an experiment in free will. What will you do with it? Will you say it doesn't matter? Or will you use it for good? Will you choose to love yourself? Will you choose to be loving? Will you choose to awaken? Or will you choose to keep incarnating over and over and over again, struggling with the same aversions, the same cravings and Similar but different ways. Is that what you're going to do or are you going to get her done? You're going to work on healing all those ego attachments. And one great thing I can tell you that I've experienced in my own life is many of the attachments or cravings that we have, there's a basic one, and then we build many, many, many more on top of that. So, for instance, people can have a belief maybe that... They're not good enough or there's something wrong with them. And then they can build many, many suppositions on top of that. Like, therefore, nobody's going to want to marry me. Therefore, I'm not going to have job opportunities. Therefore, I'm never going to be able to make enough money to support myself. Therefore, my family will never respect me. So you can see how one false belief can become... The the parent, if you will, of many, 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 many more lies and deceits. And then it creates this whole sense of aversions and uh, cravings. They're all forms of attachments. So one way that we get attached is that we have to have our plans come true we get so attached to our plans so a healed mind is relieved of the belief that it must plan so i have plans for years i have plans for years but i don't live in an attachment to them what i am committed to rather than attached to what i'm committed to is my awakening and sharing the benefits with everyone i am committed to sharing my experience of the journey. Do I say that I know better than anyone else? No. Sometimes I th- I feel like I do. Sometimes I think I do. But believe me, I can learn from anyone and everyone. And I do all the time. Now, I want to share some more of these statements from this Lesson 135 because I, I really have found them so helpful. Now, the plans that we make, if we get attached them to, attached to them, it really is like enslaving ourselves. And in paragraph 13, it says, Enslavement of the body to the plans the unhealed mind sets up to save itself must make the body sick. So when we have attachments to the plans that feed the ego... And keep it alive. It's telling us that's going to make the body sick. It is not free to be the means of helping in a plan which far exceeds its own protection. And which needs its service for a little while. In this capacity is health assured. So... We are able and capable to make the choice to detach from our attachments, to unhook ourselves and set us free, and to participate in the greater plan established for the good of everyone. This is the right use of our physical body. Dedicating ourselves to being a loving presence in the world. Dedicating ourselves to being a peaceful presence of the world, in the world. There are so many ways in which we can really bring benefit and it's not that we have to do and accomplish all kinds of things it can be truly as simple as being patient kind and forgiving and loving with everyone we meet but think of how many people you know who will work and work and labor and labor to do so-called good things in the world, to bring charitable benefit in the world, but they won't let go of their own opinions and judgments. They won't make a commitment to speaking kindly and being patient. So most people are modeling what they believe is the best way to live. And we're always teaching the efficacy of our choices. We're always teaching. So teach only love for that is what you are. This is the greatest gift we can make. And this is part of the greater plan established for the good of all. Now, paragraph 14, I love this. It says, it is perhaps not easy... To perceive that self-initiated plans are but defenses. With the purpose, all of them were made to realize. They are the means by which a frightened mind would undertake its own protection at the cost of truth. Now, think of that. That if you're making your own ego-based plans means you're not really available to fully participate in the greater plan established for the good of everyone. Then what is it but a defense? Your plans then are a defense for your way of life. They're a defense for your ego's idea of what should or shouldn't be happening. How do we live a life where we are making plans and we are not feeding the ego. You know what? It's pretty simple, and it's so worth putting your attention on. It means that every moment when you're making a choice, making a plan of what you're going to do, what you're going to create, how you're going to live, where you're going to go, That you are listening to your heart. Your heart knows. Your heart has a compass in it. And it will let you know when you're making a wrong turn. You know, on some level you know, when the choices that you're making are feeding the ego. You know that. Of course you do. Sometimes we'll make those choices because we think, well, gosh, if, if I don't make these choices, then I won't be able to earn a living. Or if I don't make these choices, then people won't like me. I might get fired. Isn't that defending the ego then? Isn't it defending? Isn't that making a defense? And if we're making a defense, who then is attacking? Is it the Holy Spirit that's attacking? Is the call for love an attack? The ego mind would perceive that it is. So these are our moment-by-moment wake-up calls. So I'm going to invite you right now to tune in and to consider where are you? planning something that is really intended to feed the ego. If you're a spiritual student and a spiritual seeker and you really do want to wake up from the illusion of separation, can you serve two masters? Can you ride two horses? Can you make two plans that are opposing? So, Fundamentally, it's about trusting. And what I have found is many people, if they are not trustworthy, if they don't keep their agreements and commitments, they won't trust God. If they're asking God for stuff and making prayers and deals with God, let's make a deal with God kind of prayers, and they are not getting their answered prayers, they're not getting their stuff delivered, then they won't trust God because they're thinking God should deliver their stuff. They've made their deal. Why isn't God keeping God's part of the deal? So our mind can hold these thoughts and they can be operating in a way that we're not that awake to them. And it's time for us to wake up now. So planning... Is a defense. When we're ego planning, it's a defense against love. Somehow we are thinking that we have to be the God of this world and keep it going with our plans. Like I said, it doesn't mean we can't make plans. It's do you have an attachment to them? Can you feel safe even if your plans Don't work out. Some of the most wonderful things that have ever happened to people happened because their plans fell apart and a greater plan for good emerged. It says the mind engaged in planning for itself is occupied in setting up control of future happenings. So isn't that what the ego does? It tries to control the environment. It does not think that it will be provided for unless it makes its own provisions. So that's that's what I'm saying here is if your plans that you're making are because you don't have trust and faith to follow divine inspiration, even though you're getting it this is the thing that happens so often is people are receiving divine inspiration all the time but they ignore it now very very often in counseling sessions i will at the beginning i do uh, i'll do a meditation with the person and i'll just tune in and ask for any messages that their guides or angels have for them and and oh, oh, invariably, when I give some of the messages, uh, people will say, oh, my God, I get that message all the time. I get it like five times a day. And I will say to them, well, maybe that's your answered prayer. And they say, oh, yeah, no, I, I don't feel comfortable doing that. If I were to follow that, oh, I, I, I don't know. It would bring all kinds of circumstances and situations that I'm not familiar with and I wouldn't feel comfortable. So that's what it's saying here. The, the mind that plans is, the mind engaged in planning for itself is occupied in setting up control of future happenings, does not think it will be provided for unless it makes its own provisions. It's a huge leap of faith. And it brings so much benefit when we can say, okay, this is divine guidance. It feels so right to to me. I feel it in my heart. It's the deep desire of my heart. I'm going to trust this and follow this. And I know I'm going to meet with all kinds of challenges and circumstances that I won't already know how to deal with, and something new will have to unfold. I'll have to get more guidance and more insight along the way in order to be able to fulfill this. And I'm going to trust that that will come. I am going to trust. I am going to have faith. And you know what else could happen is the whole thing could fall apart. And if it falls apart, then I'm going to trust that something will be there in the wreckage that is for me to pick up and to know that there's the diamond. The diamond isn't what I thought it was going to be. It's this. And then we'll go from there. And history is filled with beautiful people who've had experiences like that. You know, I always cite uh, Thomas Alva Edison because he tried over 10,000 things to find the filament for the light bulb. And people would say to him, oh, my God, you failed thousands of times. Why don't you give up? Don't you feel like a loser? And he would say, no, I have successfully eliminated all of these things. I am succeeding You see, it is how we look at it. Thank God he continued, right? What a wonderful teaching he gave in so many ways. He invented so many things. He was relentless in exploring. Let us explore our hearts for the deep desires that have been stored there waiting for us. Let us dust them off. And see if really and truly the ego is trying to convince us to keep playing safe when we could truly be contributing in some way to a greater plan of the fulfillment of all beings' hearts' desires. Because whenever one person follows their heart's desire, many people are inspired. Let's do it together. Let's be partners in this. In paragraph 16, it says, the mind that plans is thus refusing to allow for change. You see, when we're making plans that are defenses, when we're making plans to feed the ego, we're not allowing for change. We're affirming the stuck state. And that's why so many people get depressed. We have to open our mind. We have to be willing to heal our mind. And what a healed mind looks like is an open heart. There is a heart in the mind. And that is what we're going for. So many people disconnect from the heart, live up in the mind, convincing themselves that they are making the right plans, more and more plans. (sighs) Such a rich topic. More to come. I'm Jennifer Hadley and you're listening to Living a Course in Miracles. Walking the talk, living the love on Unity Online Radio. I'll be right back.
0: Celebrated Unity Minister and author Eric Butterworth tells us The exciting thing is that wherever you may be along the way of unfoldment and self realization, no matter what the problems or challenges you may face, there is always more in you the mystery of God in you, the Christ in you, which means your potential for healing, for overcoming, for prosperity. There is no limit. Join us each week for discovering Eric Butterworth, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Central Time with host Reverend Tom Thorpe. Right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Earth, You've been listening to Living a Course in Miracles, Walking the Talk, with Reverend Jennifer Hadley. If you have a question or comment about today's program, or if you'd like to join in the discussion, visit us on Facebook at A Course in Miracles Pledge, where you can join with a community of like-minded people who have pledged to live A Course in Miracles every day, in every way. Now, back to Living A Course in Miracles, Walking the Talk.
1: Ah, And I'd also like to mention... I have tons of free stuff at iTunes, including all these radio broadcasts, including the episodes with Ken Wapnick and Gary Renard and David Hoffmeister and John Mundy and others. So please... Check it out, totally free at iTunes. And also um, tons of free stuff at jenniferhadley.com. Go look around, lots of videos, lots of downloads. Some of the downloads are kind of hidden, but there's hours and hours of downloads there. So go look for them, search them out, find them, and enjoy. Uh, Also, if you would like to get in, in tune and you'd like extra support, couple of things I offer, it's not too late to join my year-long masterful living course and get caught up with the audios and the transcripts. It's a fantastic year-long course with an amazing group of people from all over the world. Beautiful, like-minded souls, and we are doing the deep work. We are walking the talk and living the love together with an intention to truly be masterful and live a life of love. Miracles are happening for the folks in that class. Also, I start my seven-week spiritual boot camp class, which is called Finding Freedom, seven weeks of spiritual boot camp. It's a great way for many people to just get in, dive in, and get some spiritual practices going and really build some spiritual muscle and break through the malaise, the complacency, the depression, the despair. I mean, literally, people have taken that class, and they have uh, gone from feeling suicidal to feeling empowered in seven weeks. I kid you not. These are not fantasy claims. These are real things that happen. And same with masterful living. Uh, so... And I I don't take credit for that because those people are doing their spiritual work. I'm making suggestions, I'm sharing, but they are doing the work. There is no substitute for your doing the work. I cannot do your work for you. I can only do my work for me. I wish I could do work for some other people. I wouldn't mind taking on one or two other people's work, but it's not humanly possible. It's not spiritually possible. We have to do our own. And when one person does theirs, you know what? It's so beautiful. It makes it easier for everyone to do theirs. So each one of us makes a difference. This is part of the extension that I was talking about at the beginning. Now, there are so many great quotes in this uh, Lesson 135. I want to um, really encourage you to take a look at it. Paragraph 18, it says, and this is one of my favorite things in the whole of the course. What could you not accept if you but knew that everything that happens, all events, past, present, and to come are gently planned by one whose only purpose is your good. Perhaps you've misunderstood his plan, for he would never offer pain to you. But your defenses did not let you see his loving blessing shine in every step you ever took. While you made plans for death, he led you gently to eternal life. What Could you not accept, what couldn't you accept if you but knew that everything that happens, all events, past, present, and to come, are gently planned by one whose only purpose is your good? You see, that goes back to the trusting. And I always encourage people to go to the teacher's manual, chapter 4, the characteristics of God's teachers. The first one is trust. Read that section on trust over and over and over and over again. It is so helpful to understand that. And what it tells us is if we try to plan our little plan, we are going to fail. We're going to fail at awakening. We're going to fail at being the love that we can be. You have to lose your little life to awaken to the greater possibility of your life. You have to lose the life of the little self with a small S in order to awaken to the greater life of the greater self with a big S. The Holy Self, the Holy Spirit, the higher self, has a greater plan. But we have the ability to choose freely, whom we will serve in this world God or mammon mammon is the ego you choose you cannot serve two masters so you have to choose and in every moment we do choose when there is a sense of upset and we can feel that attachment that craving or that aversion the upset that we feel is the divine alarm clock Going off, inside of us, reminding us that we are choosing the ego. We are not using time wisely. Yes, time is an illusion, but we can use it wisely or foolishly. We can use it to create more negative karma and more lifetimes of regret and resentment. Or we can choose to liberate ourselves by aligning with the truth. The truth sets us free. Why does the truth set us free? Because it reminds us of our true identity. The truth is love. Love is the healer. Everything circles back around. Paragraph 19. Your present trust in Him, in God, is the defense That promises a future undisturbed, without a trace of sorrow, and with joy that constantly increases. As this life becomes a holy instant set in time, but heeding only immortality. So you see, we can learn to remember that we're eternal beings. And the right use of time is for loving not accumulating things that we cannot take with us, not getting the better of other people, not bragging and boasting, not punishing and deriding, not gossiping and withholding. We are here to share love, to be love, to express love, to reveal love, to accept and allow love. Sometimes when I say we are here too, I can hear H-E-A-R <laughs> people saying, really, are we here? Course of Miracle students, where are we if we're here? But you know what I mean. We are having this human experience as an exploration of free will. So we've been exploring it for many lifetimes. And we can continue to explore it in whichever way we choose. Through the path of liberation or the path of incarceration. Let's see here. Let no defenses but your present trust direct the future. And this life becomes a meaningful encounter with the truth that only your defenses would conceal. So we place our trust in God. Without defenses, you become a light which heaven gratefully acknowledges to be its own. You see, we become a light in this world. This is our, our true identity. And it will lead you on in ways appointed for your happiness according to the ancient plan. Remember the plan established for the good of everyone? Be- begun when time was born. Your, see, time was born. Time, time is not eternal. We are eternal, but time was born to die. Your followers will join their light with yours and it will be increased until the world is lighted up with joy. And gladly will our brothers lay aside their cumbersome defenses, which availed them nothing and could only terrify. And then in paragraph 21, I think it's so important here, it says, We make no plans for how it will be done, but realize that our defenselessness is all that is required for the truth to dawn upon our minds with certainty. So this is why a spiritual practice is absolutely essential for us to opening our hearts and minds and becoming heart-mind congruent. What I find is that many people who study A Course in Miracles, their spiritual practice consists of studying the course. If you don't have time where you are really exploring your heart, if you're not investing spiritual practice in that sense of communion and meditation, then you're you're missing that real connection because reading the book is not a connection with God. It's reading a book. And there's a big difference. And what I find so many spiritual seekers are literally afraid to do is they're afraid to simply connect and commune with their divinity, with their higher Holy Spirit self partly because they think they don't know how, they think they need a class and how to do that, which you don't. Uh, you can just take a walk in the park with a high intention to commune. You can sit on a bench in the park. You can sit anywhere with an intention to commune with your higher self. And you'll begin to discover. You know, it, it does take uh, a real strong intention to release that monkey mind, the chattering mind. But when we aspire to know our true identity, we will be fulfilled. Seek and ye shall find. Those that hunger and thirst after righteousness will be fed. We will be fed. I love that promise so much. I really have built my whole life around it. It's amazing. The greatest moments of my spiritual growth and awakening have not really involved other people or any books. They're about my own connection with my own higher Holy Spirit self. So let's tune into that right now. I'm going to invite you to place your hand on your heart as I am doing and to tune within And to recognize that there is that within us which knows that greater plan. There's that within us which understands fully and completely the oneness and unity of all life. And so we're connecting with that. And we're allowing that insight, that wisdom, that clarity to be revealed. We are dedicating ourselves to the purity of God's love as our very life. And in gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone. Knowing that we're one with them, we rejoice. And so it is. Amen. Ah, oh, Thank you. Thank you for listening. I love you. Have a great week.